Let's look in Luke chapter 18, verses 18 through 23. And I'm going to give you a paraphrase here of of the scripture. Chapter 18, Luke chapter 18, 18 through 23. And it's a very familiar passage with the rich young ruler. He, he really had everything together. He had everything he needed. All of, his, all of his physical needs, everything that he... But he was just curious about uh, what he had to do to be saved. So he just kind of got Jesus cornered one day and he just asked him that question. Uh, what, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus was very intentional when he looked at him and he addressed an issue that he knew that that ruler was going to have to make a decision about. He addressed his wealth. And Jesus was very intentional. And he told him that he had to take all of his wealth and give it to the poor. And that ruler was like, I can't do that. I don't want to do that. But Jesus addressed an issue of his heart. Of his heart. And we, we need to address issues in our hearts so that we can walk closer to God. And sometimes as we get on this journey, and it's been a journey uh, in my coaching and teaching, I've, I've coached, I've either coached or been an assistant principal in nine different high schools. Most of you won't ever grace the door of nine different high schools in your lifetime. And I've worked in them. I've actually worked in 10 different schools. So I've been on a Paulian journey. I have seen the bad, the ugly, the indifferent. I have seen all kinds of things in my experiences. And it's been an amazing journey. But Jesus addressed the issue that this young man had. And he had to make a decision. And he chose not to serve Christ. So my question to you today is, what is Christ asking you to to address in your life? Because if you're serving him, he's he's challenging you. The The word says that we move from faith to faith and we move from grace to grace. So it's a process. It's it's continual. It doesn't stop. There's not an end to it. This is a journey we're on. It's a journey, but yet it's a vapor. Wow. That quick, we're gone. We're gone. And we're in his presence. But it's a journey and it's a process. And we we have to challenge ourselves every single day. I'm at a point now, I got two more years. I got got two more years and I I can retire. Uh, And the reason I'm I'm in my 32nd is because I came to North Carolina. I have three and a half years in North Carolina. And then I have have, uh, 28 in Georgia and they don't reciprocate. So... And I'm okay. I still enjoy what I do. In fact, I got some things in the workings right now. If they work out for me to go coach football at a particular school that's nearby me, uh, I may coach and teach another six, seven years if this works out. It's a very small school. They only got about 450 kids. Very good in football. It's a football town. And I would love to be in that situation. And if it works out, uh, you know, I could coach and teach another 
uh, you know, again, another six or seven years. Um, let's go to another scenario in the Bible. If you want to turn with me to Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. And we all know this story. It's a very familiar story. Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. The wee little man climbed up in the sycamore tree. Okay. He was, cur- he was really curious. He wanted to, he, he knew about Jesus. He was a tax collector. He knew about him. He knew about his ministry. He knew what was going on. So he wanted to check this guy out. And so the crowd was so large, he just climbed up into a tree and he just wanted to be just kind of a, a bird in a tree. Okay. Just kind of sit and watch. Okay. But lo and behold, what happens? Jesus looks up at him and calls him by name. Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to go have dinner with you today. What? You coming to my house? You coming, you're going to come, you, Jesus, you're going to come fellowship with me? And then, then all, the, all the people started, there's a rumbling started. They start, he's going to have dinner with a sinner. He's going to have dinner with a sinner. He shouldn't be doing that. Isn't that why he came? He said, that's why I came. I came to save the sinner. I'm, I'm glad he came and got me. Because I was, I was at 15 years old, 16 years old, I was into some stuff that I shouldn't have been into. Messing with drugs and alcohol. I was a good football player. And did good in school, but still I was doing some things outside of school that I shouldn't have been doing. And it could have cost, my, cost me my life. And it did cost some of those kids their lives that I was around at that time. And some of those kids got addicted to those drugs and it cost them their lives in the end. And so, you know, Ben's story, I can relate to it very much so. Okay. But he called Zacchaeus by name. He was very intentional. And he was very intentional in what he wanted to do with him. He wanted everybody around him to know that I know he is the tax collector. And I know you don't like him. But that's okay. I'm going to go have dinner with him. Because I came to save the world. And I want want you to all know that my salvation is all inclusive. It's for everybody. And here's my challenge to us. You may have a person walk in here on a Sunday morning that may not be dressed like you would want them to be dressed, but how are you going to act and react to them? You have to be careful. We have to be careful. I'm in Augusta, Georgia, right in the heart of the church that I go to. We have three different campuses. And where my church is at, somebody could walk out of the Walmart parking lot right into our church. And they do sometimes. And honestly, sometimes they walk up in there, and I'm going to be honest with you, they're high when they come up in there. They're on drugs. They're all tattooed up. And they might have their hat on their head backwards. But that's, that's who we're trying to reach, though. We're trying to reach those people. And so we have to be, we have to let God make a, do a work in them. And God will clean them up. And God, but we've got to receive them with open arms. 
And we got to love them. And then we'll let God do that, do that, uh, that heart change. And then you see that transformation. I've seen it. I've seen it. I, we had a family real quick. We had a family come in our church. It was a, it was a young black man. Uh, he was in his early 20s. Um, honestly, I don't think, I don't think they, were, they were married. It was, it was his girlfriend. She was white, and they had kids, about three kids. And I watched him over about a two-year period going from coming in with saggy pants, saggy T-shirt, to dressing up in a tie and a suit and ushering in our church. And uh, he, he was just, he was a, it, was a, it was a blessing to see that transformation in a person, to see what God can do in a life where he was hungry and he was searching for God and he found God at our church and, and we loved him. And, and just to see that, it's, it's a, it was a wonderful thing to see. It's a wonderful thing to see. And so when they, you know, sometimes things, sometimes, sometimes the, the pastor may have to make a decision and the board may have to make a decision here at the church. And it may create some rumbling in the church. Be very prayerful. Be very prayerful about that and to keep that rumbling down. Because the pastor, he, he's the, the head of this flock and he leads this flock. And I, and I, I fellowshiped with him uh, last night and today. And his heart is for you. you got a good pastor. So if rumbling start, pray for them. And just, just when, when you hear somebody and they start saying stuff, just simply say, you know what? You probably need to pray about that. And leave it at that. Don't tag team with them and start rumbling with them. You with me? You with me? Okay. And so you just say, I think you probably just need to pray about that. And leave it alone. And leave it alone. Okay. All right, let's... One more passage. Turn to Luke 8, 43 through 48. And we're very familiar with this. The, the woman with the issue of blood. And again, be very intentional. Very intentional with what you do, what you say, how you act, who you, who you talk with. Who you talk about. Be careful. Be prayerful. And if. The heart. The heart. You, you have to really. The heart of a man. Paul said this. There's a battle that goes on in the heart of a man. And it happens every day. It will chase the spirit or it will chase the flesh. And if you get a heart that's chasing the flesh, boy, he can get in a mess quick. And so when you see a man and you feel like his heart or woman and his heart's chasing the flesh, you, you, you need to be careful what you repeat 
that comes out of their mouths. But that man that's chasing the spirit, you press in with them. And that person that's chasing the flesh, you need to tell them, look, you need to pray about those issues that you, that, that you have concern with. Because a lot of times, a lot of times, people will start talking about certain ministries and certain pastors and stuff. I, I don't even get in conversation with them. Because I'm not going to touch, touch the man of God. I'm not touching the man of God. I may not, I don't, I don't know what goes on in those ministries or why they make those decisions, but I'm not going to get in conversation with them. Because in this last day, we have to be careful what we get involved with. We have to be careful what we talk about and who we talk about and what we say. So we have to be very careful. So that's just, again, that's, I just feel that that's just a warning to us all. The last scenario here, though, the woman with the issue of blood. I shared with you a man that he really, in essence, the rich young ruler, he had it all together. And then we had another guy. He's really curious about Christ, who he is. But now I'm going to share with you, this lady was desperate. She was desperate. She was desperate. She had an illness that had been going on for 12 years. She had spent all of her money. She had spent everything. She had been to all the doctors. She had spent all of her belongings. She was desperate. And she heard about Jesus that he was coming through. And she said, if I could only, only just touch the hem of his garment, then I know I will be made whole. Because she had seen the miracles. She had heard about the miracles. And she knew in her heart of hearts, in her heart of hearts, in her heart of hearts, that he could reconcile her body. She knew that. And she scrambled in there and she got up in that crowd. And, as he came, and she knew this also, that if she touched a rabbi, a man that was holy, she could be stoned to death. This could cost me my life. I've coached and taught for 32 years. And I've shared the gospel of every one of the schools I've ever been at. It could cost me my job. And I've always said this. You fire me. I will stand before that judge. The day that they read their sentence to me. And I will ask him. Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Because without Jesus Christ, I would be dead, rotten, and forgotten. But because of Jesus Christ, I stand here today, 55 years old. When I turned 50 years old, I started running down the hallway at, in my house. And my kids, are, my, I'm always, my kids say, Daddy, you are crazy. And I am. That's okay, though. I start running down the hallway in the house yelling, I'm 50 years old. Glory to God. My kids said, Daddy, what is wrong with you this morning? I live to be 50. My mama said, you're going to be dead at 21, boy, if you don't change. And I changed, praise God. <laughs> I was running down my hallway. And my, I'm 50 years old. Can you believe that? 50. So these are all bonus years. I'm, I'm living the bonus. I mean, I went to IHOP the other day, and uh, I got a discount, 55 and older. <laughs> Yeah, I'll take that discount. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm living the bonus. I'm in the bonus years here. Okay. But the woman with the issue of blood, she was desperate. Now let's just think for a moment. Let's put this in perspective. You've got an illness 
And you've been to all the, the best doctors around. And every day you wake up, it's there. For 12 years. And so she was desperate. But she knew as soon as she touched the hem of his garment, something, something touched her. It's called the glory of God. It's called the power of the Holy Spirit. That same spirit that, that created this, the heavens and the earth, that same spirit resides in you when you accept Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit resides in you. It's a creative spirit. It can recreate. And her body was touched and her body was made whole. So my challenge to us today is this. Evaluate your heart. Who are you? Are you like the rich young ruler? You feel like everything's together? But God's been challenging you on an issue and you really don't want to do anything about it. You need to do something about it. If God's called, if God's called you on it, and he's called me on stuff. He's called us all on stuff. If we're walking with him in fellowship, he's called us on some stuff because this flesh will rise up if you don't keep it down. And the only way you can keep it down is through God's word and the spirit of God and the truth of God. Or are you like Zacchaeus? You're just sitting here today and you're really curious. You're trying to figure out this thing. Okay? Just welcome, welcome God to your house to eat with you. And he will. He'll come. He'll come. He'll come fellowship with you. Okay? Or are you sitting here today and you're desperate? You're in a desperate situation. I know this without a shadow of a doubt that Christ will meet you today right now. No matter what your situation is, no matter how desperate you are. Because I have some situations in my life where I know if God doesn't show up, it won't get done. It won't get done. But I know I'm, and I'm still calling on God for, for certain things in my life. And I know without a doubt that he'll come through and he will get all the glory and all the honor and all the praise in Jesus name. In Jesus name. So my challenge to you this morning again is where are you at today? Are you like the rich young ruler? Are you like Zacchaeus? Or you're like the woman with the issue of blood. And we're going to have an altar call. And I'm going to let the pastor come and, and receive you. If, if there's anybody that needs to come for prayer. Uh, because God is here. God is here to meet you today right where you're at. And I say to you, your challenge as a body of Christ is to invest in these youth. Encourage them. Encourage them. Learn their names. Learn their names. Miss Evie knew my name. She knew Chubby. And I know Miss Evie, when I went up the upstairs every Sunday morning for Sunday school, she, she had been praying for me that week. And she sat up there and she taught Sunday school. She's gone on to be with the Lord, but she was paramount. She was very instrumental in investing in my life. Okay? So if you have a need this morning, again, I'm going to turn it over to the pastor. And uh, be blessed. Thank you, and God bless you. Well, we hope you've enjoyed the message today. And if you happen to not have a relationship with God,
through His Son, Jesus Christ. We want to invite you to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. It's as simple as the ABCs. If you would admit that you are a sinner and that you are in need of a Savior and believe that God sent His very Son, Jesus Christ, to come to this earth to be the sacrifice for our sins and that He died for our sins and He arose on the third day, and then if you would confess Him as your Lord and Savior, you can be saved. You must believe this with all your heart. And you must be willing to serve Him. If you are, all you have to do is talk with Jesus. You don't need a preacher. You don't need a church to get saved. But if you get saved, find yourself a Bible-believing church. And I believe God will richly bless you.